بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقيت الله في العظيم اللهم أخرني من ظلمات الوعد فأكرمني من ظلمات اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزان علمك رحمتك يا أرحم We, alhamdulillah, managed to study some of the introductory topics about Islamic ethics. And in the last few sessions, we talked about the ultimate end of Islamic ethics. If you remember, we said that those who are theological, who say that an action is good when it leads to a good result, then they differ on what is the good result, what is a good outcome. Uh, some people say it's welfare, some people say it's pleasure, some people say it's uh, self-realization. So there are different views. So we said from Islamic perspective, we can say that it is self-realization or development of humanity in us so that we become complete in humanity. Or we can say nearness to Allah. And we said these are two sides of the same coin. There is no conflict, there is no contradiction. And these two go together. When we grow in our humanity, we become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't see any contradiction between the two. So, this is what we, we have been discussing in the last four, five sessions about the ultimate end of Islamic ethics. And please always try to remember the journey that we have embarked on, because it's very important to always know where we are, you know? So now, we want to move on to the actual content of Islamic morality. What are the qualities that we have to gain, acquire? What are the actions which are good and we should try to perform? And what are the opposite qualities and actions that we have to avoid? So we want to start now with this. There are many different ways of doing this. Uh, if you open books on akhlaq, uh, you know, written by our scholars, uh, you find that they have approached the topic in different ways. I have a paper and also lecture about different methodological approach to ethics. So this paper is published in Mr. Zakhtar and the lecture is also there uh, in the second series of self-building. Uh, so you can, in, sorry, first series 
of self-building. So you can read that, you know, I have mentioned that there are people who have adopted mystical approach, there are people who have adopted hadith-based and scripture-based approach, there are people who have taken philosophical approach to akhlaq. So in that paper I have discussed that. Uh, I don't want to discuss it now. What I want, inshallah, to do is with the help of Allah and guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see if we can approach it in a way which might be more compatible with the Quran. Uh, this is too ambitious project uh, that we are undertaking, but inshallah, with the help of Allah and your du'as, I hope we can do it, even if we can start it. I'm not saying they are not compatible, but I'm saying something that I think would be more compatible, inshallah. Uh, in Farsi, we say that for the young people, uh, it's not a bad thing to have, you know, ambitions uh, and dreams. So I am not young, but you are young, so you can, inshallah. Okay. Before we start, I should make one point clear. This is a very technical point in moral philosophy and uh, Western scholars, Muslim scholars, you know, have approached, you know, this issue. Uh, I mentioned very little about this. And that is whether moral judgments are in the first place a statements or what we call ikhbari or they are not statements they are insha'i in logic I am sure you have studied uh, ikhbar and insha yeah? you know the difference between ikhbar and insha yeah? in logic in uh, uh, even in uh, Arabic in usul al-fiqh in many sciences this issue comes Ikhbar and Insha. You know the difference between Ikhbar and Insha? So, Ikhbar means that you are just making a statement. Yeah? Please see if I am saying it correctly. Ikhbar is you give a statement. Okay? Therefore, it admits truth and falsehood. Yeah? For example, I say, it's hot. This is a statement. It can be true, it can be false. But insha means that you are not informing about something. You are not making a statement. Insha in Arabic literally means to create. Insha means that you are creating a type of meaning. You are not informing about something you are creating by your very saying for example i say please bring me a cup of water this is a kind of ensha a kind of request a kind of sometimes a command sometimes a request depending on who is saying how is said you know so it's a matter of asking for something when i say please bring me a cup of water this doesn't admit true or falsehood. You cannot say this is true. 
or this is false? Yeah? Even, for example, when a person is asking for money and says, you know, please give me money. There's a beggar who says, you know, please give me money. You cannot say if he is rich and doesn't need money, this is false. This is not false. Because he's not informing, he's not saying, I am needy. If he's saying, I am needy and he is rich, this is false. But he says, give me money. Okay? He's not saying, I am needy. Yes, when he says, give me money, it implies that he is needy. But that is not what he said. So what is implied can be false. But what he said is neither true nor false. Is it clear? Yes, we can say what he says, if he is not really needy, is not proper. He shouldn't have said this. But we cannot say it's false. Do you understand? So, we have Ikhbar and Insha. Insha has different types. Sometimes Insha is question. Sometimes it's a command. Sometimes it's a prohibition. Sometimes it is Ta'ajjub. Uh, maybe in Arabic you have studied Sigay uh, Ta'ajjub. For example, you say, Ma ahsana zaydan. Ma ajmala hadhil ghurfa. What a beautiful room. When I say, what a beautiful room, I am not making a statement. This is insha. Is it clear? Even, you know, for example, when we are uh, reciting marriage or divorce or, I don't know, purchase uh, formula, it's very important that it is insha. And the person who recites should know so that he can make the niyyah, the intention of insha. Yeah? So for example, when the person says zawajtu, zawajtu, here is not ikhbar. It's insha. You are not informing about something that happened in the past because zawajtu is past tense. It's past tense. Yeah? So if it was ikhbar, it means that you are saying that I have done this marriage before. Mm. Yeah? But this is insha. You are creating, initiating. You are initiating. So insha and initiation <laughs> looks <laughs> similar, yeah? So you are initiating marriage by saying this. And because you want to say that this is firm, you use past tense. You don't say ozabvejo. They zawajtu. You understand? Because you want to say this is fair. Consider it done. Yeah? And then the other person, kabilto. Again, kabilto is past tense. It doesn't mean I accepted this in the past. No, I'm just accepting now. Yeah? But it means that I am initiating this. So this is why it's important that the person who does this knows Arabic and you know not only Arabic knows you know these rules so that can do it properly okay now the discussion in moral philosophy is whether moral judgments are 
in the first place statements they are ikhbar or they are insha for example sometimes we say justice is good this is a statement sometimes we say be just if it was just a linguistic point, you say, oh, it's very clear, justice is good is a statement. Be just is insha, is a command. But the question is much deeper than linguistics. The question is that the real ethical point is better explained by using statement or by using command. This is why I was saying in the first place, you know, this is a very technical question. I repeat, the moral truth, is it primarily to be expressed by a command or by a statement? So it is true that we use both expressions. Sometimes we say justice is good. Sometimes, for example, we say telling truth is good, telling truth is right. Sometimes we say tell the truth. We use both forms. But which one is the main one? Which one is derivative and taken from the other one? Okay? Some people have said, uh, inshallah, later maybe when we study uh, again, you know, some moral philosophy, we will discuss this. You know, there are people that, for example, they believe that there is no reality in ethics. You know, some people in West, in you know, Western moral philosophy, they had this idea. There is no truth. Moral statements or moral judgments are just expression of what you feel. For example, they say, when we say justice is good, means, wow, what a nice idea is justice. Justice is just expression of your, you know, feeling. You know, there are people who are called emotivists. Emotivism has this idea that you are just expressing your emotions. When you say something is bad, it means that I have bad feeling. Like, for example, you know, when you see something ugly, uh, okay? Like ugly, I don't know, for example, you know, dish or food, you know, you just express by your face, you know, that you are not happy. So they say it's just this. It's expression of our feelings. But we put sometimes this in the form of a statement. We say justice is good, injustice is bad, but you shouldn't be deceived. Don't think that there is a reality that these sentences are referred to. There is no reality. There is no truth or falsehood, according to them. Okay? Some people have another idea. And they say that, no, there is a reality here. 
And that reality is first expressed by statements. For example, here there is a technical discussion here uh, about the relation between our actions and the result. Inshallah, when you study uh, in logic and also in philosophy different types of necessity, then we can discuss this issue. We have zarurate bel ghair, we have zarurate bel qiyase which are different from zarurate bel zat. We have three types of necessity and the relation between action and the result, which is what we discuss in akhlaq, is said by some people to be zarurat bil ghair, like Allah metabatabai, by some people like Ayatollah Mesbah is said to be zarurat bil qiyas. We don't want to enter that discussion, but what I want to say is that anyway, whether it is bil ghair or bil qiyas al ghair, it refers to a reality, and that reality is put into a statement or into a command. For example, how we can make water? We should have oxygen and nitrogen. Hydrogen. H2O, yeah? I can say uh, hydrogen plus oxygen makes water. I can say add oxygen to hydrogen to have water. It looks like, like a command. But in reality, this is not a command. This is another way of saying that we need these two things to come together. Okay? Or for example, when we want to make a food, sometimes we say, when meat and salt and pepper and water and oil, you know, are put together and, you know, uh, put on fire for half an hour, for example, then you will have, for example, this curry, okay? Or you can say, do this, bring this much salt, this much pepper, uh, make the meat ready, put them together. You see how men make cooking? <laughs> <laughs> So, this is another way of saying the same reality, okay? So, even if we say it as a command, it's not really insha. Yeah, it's not insha. It's, again, another way of saying about something that you could say it better as a statement. You get my point? It's quite opposite to emotivists. Emotivists were saying that even if you say justice is good, telling truth is good, it's just a kind of play with the words. Otherwise, it means that I like justice. I don't like injustice. Even not I like justice, just expression of, you know, wow, justice in us, wow to justice, you know. So, the uh, opposite view is this, that there is a reality, if you have these things together, you will have this end. For example, if you pray, you get nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
You can say prayer is good because it leads to nearness. You can say pray as a command. But even if you say pray, it's informing about a real relation between prayer and nearness. It's not just someone who says, you know, give me money, bring me water. Just ensure without necessarily having a reality. So even if in the language that we use, we use command or prohibition, we use amr or nah, it's not because there is no reality. No, there is a reality and it's just a matter of saying it differently. Sometimes you see that in one context, it's better to speak as a kind of statement. Sometimes you feel it's better to speak as a command. For example, when you speak with your, I don't know, children, or when you have students, okay? You teach. Sometimes you say to your child, be polite. Sometimes you think that to say be polite is not polite. <laughs> so you talk about goodness of politeness. So, you know, politeness is this, you know, some mentioned some example of people who were polite. But you want him to be polite. Yeah? But it's, you feel that it's not very good to say directly be polite. Yeah? But sometimes you see that, no, he needs something direct. Because this is the way, you know, for some people, you have to address them directly. Yeah? Say, so, be polite. Because you have tried other ways, it didn't work. So... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes uses the language which is a statement. Okay? So these are good things. Sometimes he uses command. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah ya'muru bil'adli wal-ihsan wa Allah commands to observe justice, ihsan, doing good, and giving to the kinship. It's a command. Or i'dilu, it's a command. Yeah? But sometimes also you may find that it's like a statement. So, you should be not only concerned about the way these things are expressed. You should be more, uh, you know, how can I be polite uh, if I say to be more <laughs> insightful than, I don't mean that it's less insightful those who don't do this, but you know, you have to go behind and beyond the words and get to the root. Whether it is said as a command or it is said as a statement, you must know that the reality is the same. There is a real issue here. And that if you are observing justice, you will help yourself. You will move towards happiness. You will move towards prosperity. You will become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the same reality. We can say adil, we can say al-adlu hasan. Okay? It's the same thing. For different reasons, the speaker can use different languages. 
I think sometimes it's a matter of being direct so that people get the message seriously. Yeah? Because sometimes no matter how much you try to explain gently, people may not get the message. Yes. Yeah? I told you, I think, uh, once that one of the brothers said that he observed that a person who was older than him had a problem. And he said, I was looking for an opportunity to tell him about this issue indirectly because he was older than me and you know I didn't feel right you know to tell him so he said once I was giving a talk and I saw him sitting there so I said alhamdulillah this is a good opportunity now I can talk in general and then at the same time giving him the signal so he said I told that there is such a for example bad habit and you know this is not good, we should avoid this. So then he said, when I finished, he came to me and said, MashaAllah, what you said was very good. I have a friend who has this problem. <laughs> and I'm going to tell him. <laughs> so he didn't get it for himself. This is why sometimes we have to be direct. Yes. See, I am sorry, I meant you. <laughs> because you know, when the person is not getting the message, yeah? So, sometimes we have to say directly, but not always or not as a first choice. There is also another psychological issue. I think this is even maybe more important in the case of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think Allah sometimes also, out of his love for us, he issues commands. For example, If you have someone that you owe him a lot, okay, for example, your parents, your grandfather, grandmother, I don't know, a friend has helped you a lot. He wants your progress, or she wants your progress. Says, a studying has these advantages, you know, go to Jose, register, study, or, okay? He says all these things to you as a statement, is informing you about the outcomes, real outcomes, okay? But you may not take it that seriously. So sometimes what he does is, he knows that there is a special respect for him in your heart. Because he has been very kind, you know, generous, supportive, and you owe him. So he tries to use that as a kind of support. So he says, please study in Jose. When he was saying studying in Jose is good, it means that he is keeping himself away in distance. So it's you and studying in Jose, then you may not have that much determination and you may have other things to do. So because he is very kind and he knows that this is very important for your success, he brings himself inside this issue and says, a study in Jose. Do you see the difference? So, whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says as a command or not, it is for our good to do these things. Yeah, we have to be just. Even if you are not believers, we have to do ihsan. 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings himself inside and says, Allah ya'muru bil adli wal You see, this is the kindness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he knows that, unfortunately, most of people are not that determined to do what they understand by their aql. So Allah says, if you accept me as your Lord, I tell you to be just. I tell you to be good. Do you understand the point? I think this is a very important point, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using his relation with us as a kind of sanction, as a kind of support to motivate us to do good things. Okay? Or for example, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you do this bad action, not only you are harming yourself, then you are showing disobedience to me, disrespect to me. Sometimes Allah says, declaring war against me. Yeah? Some cases, injustice is so bad, it's like declaring war. So, there are different reasons why we can use sometimes a statement, sometimes we can use, you know, insha, okay? But the reality is that akhlaq is something real. In reality, justice has good outcomes. Injustice is destructive, it's damaging. Whether we understand or not, whether even we exist or not, suppose there is no person on the planet. Suppose all of us, okay, die. Okay? Isn't it still a fact that justice is good? Because these are conditional statements. It means that if justice is exercised, it has this good con uh, condition. Whether we are there or not, whether we understand or not, whether we are believers or not, it doesn't make difference. This is a reality. Okay? So, what I wanted to achieve by saying this was, you shouldn't be just concerned about the language. Of course, language is very important. As I said, language can involve many beautiful points, many profound ideas. But language is not the end of the story. The main thing is what comes after. Okay? So, in Islamic ethics, now that we know we want to achieve nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or we want to develop in our humanity, or you can combine them and say, you know, we want to get nearer to Allah by developing our humanity, because these are all connected. The reality is to identify what are the actions that if we perform, they lead to that direction. Then those actions, either we understand by ourselves or we read in a Quranic text or Hadith in a form of command or a statement, but all is related to a reality. Something that everyone who has knowledge and understanding should be discover, able to discover. You know, what I want to uh, pass on to you is that don't think religion 
is a piece of commands and you know prohibitions which are na'uzubillah arbitrary. Religion is teaching us and telling us something that if we ourselves were rational enough and knowledgeable enough, we would have said the same thing exactly. Oh. Yeah? The only thing is that we don't have that much knowledge and that much of, you know, rationality. Otherwise, I can tell you 99% of religion is something that even if we didn't have any religion, we had to follow. This is why our ulama say that Al-Awamir al-Shari'iyya irshadatun ila al-Ahkam al-Aqliyya Religious rulings and commands are just irshad. You remember Awamir al-Irshadi about Hazrat Adam I mentioned? Means they just teach you, they give you some advice. When you listen to a doctor, you know, telling you what to eat, what not to eat. Okay? Why the doctor tells you this and you yourself don't know this? It's not because doctor is saying arbitrarily something. No, he has knowledge, he has experience, you know, he has some piece of information that you don't have. If you had it, you would have come to the same conclusion. Okay? If we had the knowledge that Rasulullah had, the aql that Rasulullah had, we would have also come to the same conclusion. It's not that Rasulullah says strange things, you know, or things that, you know, have no reality. Everything is knowledge-based. Everything is based on truth, on reality. Everything is haq. Okay? And our problem is what? Our problem is either we don't know haq, or what? Guess. Either we don't know haq, or we know haq, but we don't commit ourselves to haq. We have two problems, but each of them are too big. <laughs> so each of them leads to hundreds of problems. But if you bring all the problems, we have two problems. One is jahl, one is zulm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّا أَرَزْنَا الْأَمَانَةَ عَلَى السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالْجِبَالِ فَأَبَيْنَ أَنْ يَحْمِلْنَهَا وَأَشْفَقْنَ مِنْهَا We presented the trust to the mountains, the sky, earth. They said, we cannot take this. Not because they were lazy or they were disobedient. They were not lazy and they were not, you know, sometimes we don't accept responsibility because we are lazy. Mm -hmm. Say, you know, please do this for communities. So, no, I am free, I am busy, I don't have time, you know. This is laziness. But sometimes is honest. He says, you know, this is too big for me. Okay? Now, it's not that I'm lazy or I don't want, you know, to take responsibility, but this is too much for me. So, sky, earth, they said, we cannot. Okay? You may ask, if they were not able to do it, why Allah told them? What is the answer? The answer is to inform us that no one else can take this. So this is not registered, that no one else can take this. But man said, 
I'll take it. I will take it. Yeah? Because man can take it. But unfortunately, but unfortunately, he took the responsibility, but in practice, either he was Zalum, but not little Zalum. Zalum, it's, you know, very unjust, or Jahul, very unjust, very ignorant, very unjust, very ignorant. Okay, so these two problems. All is not being able to observe haq, either because you don't know. So, if someone knows the truth and commits himself to the truth, then he has no problem. Okay? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Committed himself to the truth which was available to everyone. Then Allah gave him knowledge to the tr about the truth which was not available to everyone. And then he committed himself even to the higher truth. And then Allah said, okay, now I can choose you as my ambassador. Share this truth with people. So now Rasulullah is saying, what Allah has done with me, I can do with you. I can make you my ambassador. I am ambassador of Allah. I make you ambassador for people. Learn my teachings. Commit yourself to that. And inshallah you will be told things that people don't know. Then you become guide for people. You become ulama and you guide people. And you would be even higher than the prophets of Bani Israel. Yeah? So this is not only for Rasulullah, this is something available for us. We cannot become prophet, but we can become a messenger for the prophet. We can become ambassador for the prophet. Yeah? So, the main thing is to understand that we are always concerned with truth. Everything, truth, haq, reality. We don't have anything strange, anything arbitrary, anything unwise. Yeah? Everything is bright. Everything is bright. And you know, truth is always one. And that is the easiest and shortest thing. The shortest route is always one. If I'm going to go from point A to point B, okay? And I say, I want to follow the shortest route. It's only one. Straight. Straight. And if you make this commitment to yourself, say, I always want to go to the shortest route. That is a straight. This gives you peace of also mind. You don't need to think about other issues. But if someone is always trying to be clever, maybe if I go that way, it's a little bit, you know, further but then I can do some mischief on my way there you know or you know do something like this you know to bring excuses not to take the shortest route then you are harming yourself and then also you have to always wonder what to do because going straight is only one so you are not you know confused you are not perplexed but there are thousands of ways for not going straight yeah? Then you don't know what to do. 
If I want to listen to Allah, I know that I have to do this. But if I don't want to listen to Allah, there are thousands of ways. And I always you know, wonder, what should I do? What should I do tonight? What should I do tomorrow? What should I do next week? I always you know, wonder, what should I do with money? What should I do with my you know, voice, with my, I don't know, beauty? You know, always wonder. But if we follow that path, we don't wonder. It's very clear. It brings sukun, precise, tranquility, saves your time, always strength. So, the main thing is to remember that Islam as a whole and Islamic akhlaq in particular is based on haq, on truth, on reality. And what we are expected to do is first to discover that truth and second to commit yourself to that truth. If you feel that you have achieved this much, then you start sharing with other people the truth. Yeah? The truth that you have discovered and you have committed yourself, you share. But if I haven't discovered the truth, what I am sharing with people? Unfortunately, we are people who teach people without knowing. So they are just spreading, you know, ignorance. Or if I have discovered the truth, but I am not committed to truth. What I'm going to share with people? I'm just cheating. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, لَمَتَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ Why you say things that you don't act, you don't practice? Yeah? So, we have to make sure that we understand the truth. And we commit ourselves to the truth, we observe the truth, and then... Of course, we will share it with people. Yeah? Because truth is something that by nature should be shared. It's like light. If you have light and people are in darkness, can you say, I don't want to share? If you love them, you will share with them. The people who don't share light with those who are in dark, either they don't appreciate light or they don't like those people. Yeah? If you light, you have light and you like it. Say, okay, let me share it with the people because I love also those people. So, why we have to do tabliq, why we have to do da'wah, why we have to teach, why we have to help people, educate people? Because we have, alhamdulillah, been able to find the truth. We have committed ourselves to the truth. Now, we love other people, so therefore we want to share with them something beautiful that we have. You know, in this way it makes very sense. But if I haven't discovered the truth, like some people who are themselves very ignorant, and then they want to teach people about Islam or, you know, other things, you know, what Allah says. You see, they themselves have not understood Islam. Then they say, you know, for example, this is shared, this is bad, you know. First go and study at least three, four years. Many of these people, they haven't studied properly. Then commit yourself to the truth. Then share this with the people out of love. If you don't love people, how can you help them? Can a teacher educate his students without loving them? People are not like 
you know, machine that you put something inside machine. If you want to put some idea in the mind and the heart of your students, you should do it with love. The maximum you can get access is to the mind of people if you don't have love. But if you want to open the heart and put that beautiful idea in the heart, wow. it needs love. Yeah? The heart is very sensitive. It sees that if the heart sees that I am approaching without love, says, sorry, I don't let you in. This is why you see that even, you know, sometimes when people are uh, affected by bad friends. Why they are affected by bad friends? Because those bad friends have somehow managed to appear as loving friends. Why, you know, teenagers listen to their, you know, peers, to their friends, even if they are bad? Because they think they love them. They, they approach from the perspective of love. The time is getting over? So, it's very important. If they feel that someone loves them, even if in reality is an enemy, they listen. They obey. And if father, mother, who is really concerned, but doesn't approach in the way that they can feel there is love, they don't listen. So people need to know and sense it's very important. Sometimes you love someone, but you are not able to show. That is also a problem. You know, there are people that uh, maybe they love very much their children, but they're not able to show. They should know that this is offered as love. Or, you know, ulama, I don't know, speakers, zakers, yeah? Elders of the community. When you work with the youths, with the teenagers, with the children, you should be able to express your love for them. Otherwise, they will not open their heart for you. Okay, so this was a kind of preparation for, inshallah, our next section or next chapter of the discussion about what Islam wants us to actually achieve in akhlaq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to discover the truth, commit ourselves to the truth, and inshallah, share it wisely Beautifully, lovingly with other people, inshallah. Allah. <laughs>